The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of Into the Net FC, the soccer talk discussion segment of the Bear of Texas podcast. As usual, my name is Alex Alcazaz, a.k.a. the Bear of Texas. And ladies and gentlemen, Hugo Loris has announced his retirement from international duty. I can't say that I am surprised I think the only surprising uh, aspect out of this is that this wasn't announced probably like maybe 48 to 72 hours after the FIFA World Cup final. But I honestly had a feeling that one way or the other, Hugo Lloris was going to announce his retirement from international duty uh, soon. And I think honestly, after everything that Hugo Lloris has done for the French national team, everything he has done you know, for the French Republic... You know, I think it is actually the, the time has come for him to lay down the gloves in international competition. And it's time for France to bring in the next, you know, superstar goalkeeper. You know, Hugo Lloris, to say that the French Republic should be grateful to him is beyond an understatement. I mean, Hugo Lloris, not the best goalkeeper to, you know, any, not, not, the, not the best goalkeeper at all. But a goalkeeper, very talented, very fierce, very courageous, you know, very committed, very dedicated to the, to the sport. You know, I think, honestly, he was a blessing for the French national team. You know, it, it hurts my heart that, you know, every time the criticism on Hugo Lloris, how, you know, he's very, how he, he, he can never save a penalty, it hurts my heart because, look, and the criticism, I think, honestly, is, look, it's, it's at some point it's not fair because I've always I've always explained it like this, y'all. Hugo Lloris is a tremendous goalkeeper, but he's not the kind of goalkeeper that excels with penalties. There's a lot of goalkeepers that have been like that. A lot of goalies are very good with penalties. Some are not. In my honest opinion, now this might sound like an excuse, or some people just flat out think I have absolutely no idea what the hell I'm saying. Hugo Lloris, to me, was not the penalty type of goalkeeper. He was a goalkeeper that would ex- excel in open play, who would basically show that, that courageous attitude of just, you know, doing anything, whatever it took to really make the, the, the save, you know, to prevent an opposing team from scoring. Hugo Lloris was tremendous in open play. Now, a penalty, obviously, is a 50-50 shot, okay? But when people are always insulting or launching mass criticism on Lloris for not being good with penalties. You know, 
this is where I really tell this is where I really want to ask myself this. They criticized the hell out of Lloris for his inability to save penalties as if he was the only goalkeeper in history to be that way. He's not the only one. And like I said, that's just not his style right there. His style of play, his skills, his talent, it's just, it's not with the penalties. And, you know, every goalkeeper, as good as they can be, they always have a weakness. And unfortunately, in Hugo Lloris's case, penalties was unfortunately the weakness. And the, in, in other words, he simply was not perfect. That's all I can say. He wasn't perfect. <coughs> Excuse me. You know, Hugo Lloris, you know, when he arrived, you know, uh, first in, in 2008, I believe, you know, he was not, believe it or not, some people always ask me, wasn't he uh, Fabian Barthez, his, his successor? Well, believe it or not, no, he was not. I believe the guy that took over after, after Fabian Barthez retired in 2006 if I remember correctly, it was a player named Mikel Landreo. Although Mikel Landreo's uh, tenure with the national team didn't, didn't last very, very long. Now, after the 2006 World Cup, Barthez retired, and then, of course, that's when Landreo took place. And, of course, Landreo was the goalkeeper in, in the disastrous uh, Euro 2008 campaign for France. But... Now, Hugo Lloris started his youth career with France, I believe, in 2004. This is, this is, he was actually part of the French under-18 team at the time. And according to my notes, he actually made his debut for the French under-18 team in March 2004 in an exhibition game against Germany. And he was actually later part of the under-19 team that actually won the 2005 UEFA European under-19 championship. So Hugo Lloris was actually part of actually was part of the team that won the under nineteen European Championship. So that that's actually amazing. Now looking at the two thousand five UEFA under nineteen championship, France actually beat England in the final, and France had actually won their sixth title. So looking at this tournament, I mean, only the two groups, man. <laughs> you know, France and England actually were actually in the same group, and France and England actually played. In the opening mat and their opening matches, which ended in a one-one draw. Now you know, look at the the top goalkeeper. No, a player, a French player named Abdoulaye Balde, was actually was saying with fourth. I mean, I never saw him play for the French for the senior squad on the French national team. You know, France actually won the final, a final score of three to one. So man. You know, right now, the, the, the doesn't really... Okay, look at the squads right there. Now, we all know that Ligo Luis was part of the squad, but, you know, you're, you're kind of looking at the results, but you don't you don't really see the lineups from these games. Shame, really, but... You know, you know Ugo Luis winning it in 2005, I mean... Definitely, uh... Definitely a proud accomplishment right there, so... Yeah, okay, well, it says here he did... Okay, so he did appear in all in all five matches. Okay, so he... Okay, so he did appear in all, all of them, so... So then, uh, not long after, on the under twenty one team, uh, he he his time there was very limited because you know, the the, the senior squad was actually already announcing their intentions of uh, of bringing in Hugo Lloris to the senior squad, you know, and to possibly groom him to be France's next uh, goalkeeper. So basically, um, although I'll, I'll never forget, um, you know, I think in two thousand eight he he briefly re reemerged in the under twenty one uh, team. When they were attempting to qualify for the under twenty one championship, so Hugo Lloris was actually called in uh, for actually a for a two for a two legged playoff game against Germany, and this was after him he was called up to the senior squad. So, 
And, you know, honestly, and, and Luis actually was able to honor it, so, but, uh, but unfortunately, France ended up coming short, so, so that's basically what basically ended Hugo Luis's under-21 career, but quite frankly, that's what ended his uh, career in the French uh, youth uh, team, so, but at that point, France had made it clear that they want him to, on the, on the senior squad moving forward, so, so basically, now, going back to this, now, he was first called up to the national, to the senior squad of the national team in February of 2008, because France was actually getting ready to play a, an exhibition game against Spain. But Hugo Lloris instead actually played in an exhibition game against the Democratic Republic of the Congo with, with France's B team, which was actually the day before that game against Spain. So uh, from that point on, I mean, he, he got several more call-ups, but Hugo Lloris did not actually see his very first game in action for France until November of 2008 in a goalless draw against Uruguay. So, that, that that's basically what we saw him for the first time in, in France. Now, I didn't actually watch that game. So, this again, this is according to, according to research. And, and that, excuse me, allergies are just absolutely killing me. And, and, I'll, and then I'll never forget, um, I think there was that game, you know, in October of 2000, uh, 2009, when he played in the full game, uh, in a game against Austria, which France won 3-1. to one. But then I think, you know, where we really saw the emergence of Hugo Lloris... Was in the uh, was in the World Cup qualifying phase of the 2010 World Cup. Now we'll never forget the incident against the Republic of Ireland when Thierry Henry, you know, moved his, you know, used his hand, you know, th that handball goal that the referee uh, failed to uh, failed to see, and then you know France qualified, but then you know France ended up, you know, you know that just ended up being not good. But but Hugo Lloris, I mean. He, remarkable, uh, remarkable performances in, in those two particular games. I mean, even the French media and the players and the fans. I mean, everybody was applauding him, and everybody, everybody was saying, you know, Hugo Lloris could be the next guy. He could be the next French, you know, the French, the next uh, superstar goalkeeper for the French national team. And I said to myself, well, he very well can be, but we'll have to see how he does in the 2010 World Cup, uh, in, in the in the final in the tournament itself. Because he actually ended up being named to the final 23-man squad. And he was actually officially named the starting goalkeeper. And I said to myself, well, the fact that he's been named the goalkeeper, it's not because they just want to give it to him. No. Hugo Lloris earned that right. He earned that privilege. He earned that accolade. Hugo Lloris deserved to be the starting goalkeeper for France in the 2010 World Cup. And the reason is simple. He earned that spot. When it comes to international duty, this goes for any national team whatsoever, whatsoever, especially for the tough, especially for the big ones like France. Any player that has a spot, a starting spot on the national team, it's not given to them because of their name, because of their nationality, or whatever. It's given to them because they earn it. This goes, the same thing goes for England, for Germany, for Italy, for Spain, Portugal, all of them. You earn your spot on a national team. And let me say it again. It's earned, earned, earned. So June 11, 2010, Lloris made his World Cup debut in that game against Uruguay, which ended up in a 0-0 draw, which was unsatisfying because France had sev several chances to score but could not do it. And I'll never forget when then-manager Raymond Domenech actually said that he was satisfied with the result. And then, and then Zinedine Zidane ended up saying that this this was basically, like, not good. And, I mean, I don't know. I mean, 
Because in the next game against Mexico, France lost 2-0. to And, of course, there was that incident between Nicolas Anelka and Raymond Domenech. And then, of course, Anelka ended up being expelled from the team and sent home, which started that protest and among the French national team players. So, you know, it, it, you know what happened to France in the 2010 World Cup, you know, it was horrible. I mean, the, the, the team was just so badly... I mean, they were they were crucified by the media, by the fans. I mean, oh yeah, 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 yeah. I, I mean, but just but despite all that, I mean, Louis did his best, and you know, for him, you know, you know, I think it was about you know twenty two years old at the time. You know, a young, you know, just a kid. You know, starting a twenty two year old, you know, being the starting goalkeeper for the French national team. I mean, that's beyond overwhelming. So, you know, then that final game against South Africa, you know. Hugo Lloris did actually make an error that allowed South Africa to actually score the opening goal. But Lloris did somehow manage to uh, salvage, you know, the game and, and try to reduce himself to the best of his ability because he made a couple of saves, but the French, but the other players couldn't do anything about it. So France ended up being, you know, ended up being eliminated from the tournament, bottom of the group. I mean, a lot of the times, I mean, how France, you know, finished at the, at the 2010 World Cup and all, you know, the incidents that happened, I mean... The team left in disgrace, and, and it was going to take a lot for the team to kind of get back on its feet and re-earn its respect, and eventually they did, and Loris was a huge part of that. So, now keep in mind, Loris was not captain yet. I mean, Loris did, actually, believe it or not, he captained the national team for the first time later that year in a, in a game against England at Wembley Stadium, which France actually won. So going back, you know, because I should have mentioned the records and everything, but, but we'll get to that at, at the end. Because, of course, some people ask me, well, how, how did I not mention that Luis was the captain of the national team? I'm like, well, I mean, I was going to, but really I was going to do it when the time was right. And the time is right right here to say that he captained the team for the first time in 2010 in, a, in, a, in, a, in an away victory against England, which is huge. I mean, France beating England in England is actually pretty huge, even, if, even in, a, in an exhibition game. And Luis at that time, 22 years old and the, and, and the, and the captain... Now that is huge. The fact that he was captain, again, that was earned right there. So, basically, after that, Hugo Lloris really became better. Now, after 2010, when Laurent Blanc became the manager of the French national team, you know, before the Euro 2012, Hugo Lloris was actually named uh, the first choice captain by Laurent Blanc. So, so Hugo Lloris, you know, started every game for France, and France made it to the quarterfinals, but they, uh, unfortunately they, they suffered a 2 nothing loss to Spain, who, of course, went on to retain the title. I mean, Spain, during that time, were the defending European champions as well as the defending world champions. So, yeah, so, so you know, really at this point, you know, France just was not at, at its full strength at the time yet. But, you know, Lloris really did actually better, you know, in the 2014 World Cup when, when he started every game for France. And, you know, again, France made it to the quarterfinals where they lost to Germany, who went on to win that tournament. So, so basically, it just started getting bigger. Now, at that point, with, with the UEFA Euro 16 taking place in France, I mean, the expectations were so heavy on the French national team. And France became, France was so close to winning the title on home soil, but they fell to Portugal in the final. But, you know, in that particular tournament, you know, when Loris, you know, really was looking really good. I mean, that game against Germany, when France beat Germany 2-0, to zero and, you know, and Hugo Loris keeping that clean sheet, I mean, that was huge. So, you know, you, you look at, um, I mean, how France w was in that tournament. I mean, you know, still there was some flops once in a while, but but Loris and France, you know, all of a sudden looked good, and then they lose, but they, they lose to, um, 
Then they, they lose at home uh, on home soil in the final to Portugal, and that was tough. And that made expectations, you know, in the next World Cup even tougher. And I'll never forget there was that, that international exhibition game in June of 2017 when uh, Hugo Lloris actually uh, made his 88th appearance for the national team, which uh, broke Fabian Barthez's uh, record for most capped goalkeeper at that, at that time. So, so France actually went on to qualify for the uh, 2018 World Cup. And I'll never forget in the 2018 World Cup qualification when Fabio, when uh, Hugo Lloris made that that very serious, uh, clumsy mistake in that game against Sweden on the road. You know, the game was very likely going to end in a draw, but then Hugo Lloris, you know, does a goal kick and is far away from the goal, from the goal post himself, and then a Swedish player kicks it back, and... Oh, man, oh, man, oh, man. I mean, that, that, was, that was honestly embarrassing. But France went on to win that group, and they won, they went on to qualify for the World Cup, and of course, uh... The 2018 World Cup, I mean, it started out a little clumsy for France. I mean, that two to one, that that narrow two to one win against Australia in the group stage, then that, but then that one, that uh, one nothing win against Peru. I mean, that honestly, that was actually uh, that was very, very much, you know, a very, very good moment for Hugo Lloris because you know Peru, honestly, believe it or not, they were the better team than France in that particular group stage game. With this was in June of 2018. And in that game as well, Hugo Lloris earned his 100th cap for the French national team. I mean, Peru just Peru was just trying to score left and right. I mean, that was the only why, reason why Peru did not win. They just could not score. They were threatening and threatening and threatening and threatening and threatening, but they just could not put the ball into the back of the net. But Hugo Lloris made a, made a number of fantastic saves. I mean, huh. hey, you talk about fantastic saves, I mean... You know, that quarterfinal game against Uruguay, I mean, that clean sheet was amazing. I mean, when Hugo Luis made that huge save from that <laughs> from that header from that Uruguayan player, I believe that player's name was, is Martin uh, Saceres or Saceres. I, I, I deeply apologize if I butchered it, but you guys know that play. When that Uruguayan player made that header and then Hugo Luis just made that fantastic save, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. You know, that game, you know, against Argentina, that 4-3 game uh, in the round of 16, I mean, I mean, that was quite a, a game of itself. You know, I can honestly say, Hugo, I mean, Hugo Lloris, you know, when he failed to, when, uh, when Argentina made, added a third goal, courtesy of Sergio Aguero, I mean, I mean, I'm sure Hugo Lloris was really feeling that pressure, but France made it through. But we want to talk about what could very well be, honestly, Hugo Lloris is arguably his best World Cup game ever. It had to be that game against Belgium. <laughs> France winning 1-0. I mean, that particular game, Hugo Lloris and the Belgian goalkeeper Thibaut Courtois, both those guys stole the damn show, let me tell you. Hugo Lloris made a number of fantastic saves. Thibaut Courtois made a number of fantastic saves. I mean, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. I cannot, you know, I always say, because in the, in the World Cup final against Croatia... How Hugo Lloris made that very, very crucial mistake that allowed Croatia to score a second goal because Hugo Lloris failed to dribble the ball past the Croatian player, Mario Mandzukic. I honestly believe if it wasn't for that, if it wasn't for that, Hugo Lloris probably would have won the best goalkeeper of the, of the tournament award. Now that award went out to Thibaut Courtois, and I'm not going to take anything with Thibaut Courtois because Thibaut Courtois was well-deserving of the award as well. But... But Hugo Lloris making that serious mistake in the World Cup final against Croatia, I mean, 
I honestly thought that that, that Croatia was going to come back, and it, it would have been absolutely disastrous. But France, you know, held on for the held on for the win and won their first won their first World Cup for the first time in twenty years. But you know, going back to the game against Belgium, I mean, man, I mean that save that Hugo Lloris made at the beginning, denying Toby Alderweireld. I mean, whoo, man, oh man, oh man. I'm telling you, saves left and right. I mean, you know, a lot. You know, even though Belgium did not really get as many shots on goal as France. I mean, you know, the French, the French defense that game, in that game against Belgium, the French defense was just never seen a French defense so strong, so fierce, so courageous, so solid. It was just unbelievable, absolutely unbelievable. So. So that was, you know, he was a huge part of it. So he captained France, you know, to the first world title in 20 years. So that's definitely a huge accolade that they'll forever be remembered. I mean, that might be his best moment. So you talk about a moment. In November of 2018, in a 2-0 loss to the Netherlands, Hugo Luis made a record of nine saves in that game. And I'll never forget that. And I was sad that, that France actually had to, uh, did not get the job done. And, and you know, speaking of a bad moment, you know, in the uh, in the 2020 Euro, which actually took place, you know, a year after it was supposed to, because of the whole uh, pandemic, you know, Hugo Lloris, I mean, you know, you know, honestly, it, it was a bad tournament for France, you know, especially that that round of 16 game against the against Switzerland when France had a three to one lead, you know, with 10 minutes left, and then coughed up two goals, and it eventually went to a penalty shootout. And again, you know, we talk about how Hugo Luis is, you know, his weaknesses, you know, when it comes to penalties. I mean, he couldn't even, he could not save a penalty in the penalty shootout, and France ended up being eliminated when Mbappe missed his. Although early in, earlier in that game, believe it or not, Hugo Luis actually saved the penalty in the 55th minute of the game, which prevented Switzerland from having a two nothing lead. So Hugo Luis came, you know, came through for once, but unfortunately in the penalty shootout, it honestly just. It, it was just bad luck, so... But, fortunately, you know, later that year in October, in, in the 20, 2021 UEFA Nations League final, you know, France ended up beating Spain in the final to win the Nations League title, and Hugo Lloris, I mean, after making these very crucial saves in the, in, in the closing minutes of the game, I mean, Hugo Lloris was really proving his worth to the national team at that point. And honestly, and I'll never forget, you know, when France beat beat Spain, I mean that semifinal Nations League game against Belgium, when Belgium blew that two nothing lead, and Hugo Lloris, I mean, I'll never forget. You know, so it was two to two, and then Romelu Lukaku had a goal that was that was eventually taken away, and then and then France ended up scoring you know a lot immediately after that to win the game. So, man, that was it. So, so then we get to the 2022 FIFA World Cup. Okay. Now, of course, not surprisingly, he was part of it. And honestly, I felt because I actually had done it. I actually had done a, I did an episode, I believe around uh, not not long before the World Cup that that this World Cup would be Hugo Lloris's his final tournament. I said that the World Cup could very well be his final World Cup tournament, but I honestly felt that the the Euro twenty twenty four would actually be Hugo Lloris's final tournament international duty whatsoever. But I didn't rule out the possibility that Lloris would retire after the World Cup. So. So I'll never forget, you know, in December of last year when he tied uh, the record for most cap player for the national team, you know, Lilian Thuram for so long had the record, you know, um, on December 4th, it was in that round of 16 game against Poland when Hugo Lloris tied Lilian Thuram's record for most cap player for the French national team. And it was actually six days later in that game against England 
when he broke the record, you know, because Lilian Thuram held the record at 142 caps. So in that quarterfinal game against England, Hugo Lloris broke the record because that was Hugo Lloris' 143rd cap. You know, France beat England 2-1. to one. You know, you know, Hugo Lloris playing against his Tottenham teammate, uh, Harry Kane. And of course, there was that penalty that Kane converted and then Kane missed, ended up missing it again. So, man. You know, it was tough because, you know, Hugo Lloris did not keep a clean sheet in the tournament until the semifinal game against Morocco. Now, that game against Poland, when uh, when Poland got a penalty. Now, at first, uh, Hugo Lloris seemed to have saved it, but the referee decided that Hugo Lloris jumped too early, which, honestly, I kind of felt was bullshit. But, you know, I mean, I, I guess at the end of the day, they just wanted to give uh, Robert Lewandowski his uh, World Cup moment, so they finally did. I mean, okay, fine, whatever. I mean, France ended up winning anyway. It was it, it went from three to zero. It was just three to one. So, but anyway, you know, and I actually mentioned that in on December fourteenth in, in that semifinal game against Morocco, you know, Hugo Lloris actually made his nineteenth World Cup appearance, which actually equals the record for most matches played in a, in a by a goalkeeper in a World Cup. So that tied it with Germany's Manuel Neuer. So. Now, unfortunately, now if if Luis were to play four years later, he would probably break the record. But but uh, you know, it's, it's not going to happen. But you know, he, his final his well, you know, actually, he did. <laughs> what am I saying? I, for, for, did I forget for a second? France made it to the final. So in December eighteenth, uh, on the eighteenth of December, he made his twentieth World Cup appearance in a final. So so that broke the record. So I think if I'm correct, you, I mean, according from what I read, if is the 19th World Cup appearance equaled the record for most matches played by a goalkeeper in a World Cup, you know, with Jeremy's Manonur, then Hugo Lise broke that record by playing in the final. Now, France unfortunately fell in the penalty shootout to uh, Argentina after the game ended up in a 3-3 tie after extra time. But, you know, still this game, I'm killing that, you know, that whole thing with killing Mbappe and now all, the, all, this, all this drama surrounding the French national team, you know, the recent, you know, Deschamps extending his contract, the very disrespectful comments made by the French Football Federation president on Zinedine Zidane. And for those of you wondering, yes, I will do an episode on all that. But when the whole thing comes to an end, like what we see eventually, the, the final results out of this whole thing, when the time is right, there will be an episode done. But I got to be honest with you, if I'm to do an episode on the whole drama surrounding the French national team, I need Steve... I need David, and I very well need Josh. I mean, Into the Net FC is going to need me to do this, an episode of that, that magnitude. It's going to have to be done with my inner circle. So, but when the, when the, when the time is right, y'all, I promise you, when the time is right. Anyway, so unfortunately, you know, Loris could, could not save any of the penalties, you know, in Argentina. So, you know, of course, there was that penalty that, you know, in, in that game earlier. So, like that, so... I mean, France just got so badly overwhelmed, and then, you know, France came back and, you know, just like that, put two goals like that. And, of course, one of them, you know, Mbappe converted two penalties, well, converted three penalties, rather. So, like that. So, so it's unfortunate. I mean, it still hurts the fact that France lost, you know, the final, the defending champions and making it back to the final. So, it still hurts. It's going to hurt for a very long time. I mean, for me, I'll probably... The only way I can recover from this until is until France wins the title again, which I hope happens again. Hopefully, hopefully in 2026. But, but you know, you know about you know three days ago, how uh, Hugo Lloris, you know, basically uh, as as the most capped player in the history of the French national team, retired from the game. You know, at 36 years old, I honestly felt that it was basically 
it it was basically it, it was the right time. I mean, it was it was that the time had finally come. So, and and Hugo Lloris actually, believe it or not, I mean, he gave his reasons, and I you know out of all, all the reasons, he kind of said basically he, he he would rather leave now at his peak rather than risk a rather risk a downturn. And of course, he also strongly st- stressed that um you know he wanted to spend time uh, with, with his family. So, but again, I I understand. You know, I honestly expected I expected um, Hugo Lloris to uh, to retire. You know, after this, I mean, I, I, I basically, if I honestly said, if he hadn't retired after this World Cup, he would have retired after the Euro. But, but man, 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 oh man, you know. So him seeing like you know uh, he's the captain. I mean, he did a great job captaining captaining the national team. <coughs> Excuse me, but I gotta say, you know, you know, so now there's all these questions. You know, who's gonna be the next goalkeeper for France? Who's gonna be the next captain? I mean, you, you see, like, I, I think maybe part of it, part of these decisions, is is the whole, is this whole thing, you know, this whole French national team thing. But I'm not gonna wait that long if it takes that long. But I think that obviously, I mean, Hugo Lloris actually named Mike Magna, who plays for AC Milan, who also played for Lille as well, he named him as his successor. Now, the French national team has not officially made a decision yet, but I would imagine that Mike Magna is the guy to succeed Hugo Lloris, provided that Mike Magna can stay healthy. <coughs> because Magna missed the World Cup tournament because of a, I think it was a calf injury or a thigh injury. But... As far as Mike Magnan goes, I mean, Mike Magnan is actually good with penalties, and Mike Magnan is a very talented goalkeeper. So I, I think for the time being, I would imagine for the next Euro and the next World Cup, Mike Magnan will be the guy. But again, the French national team has not made a decision, but again, really, it, I mean, as, as my good friend and my mentor Steve Adams would say, this particular situation would be a no-brainer. The man is Mike Magnan. He's, he's the guy that should be the goalkeeper now. Now, as far as who should be the captain of the French national team... You know, I'll be honest with you. If Kylian Mbappe became the captain, I would honestly say that's got to be huge because going back to this whole thing, a new and improved Kylian Mbappe, that halftime speech he gave to his players in the World Cup final, the fact that we had finally all of a sudden seen a Kylian Mbappe that was more serious, more driven, more focused than ever. I mean, that what he told his teammates... I, I, guys, I assure you, if you have not seen what Kylian Mbappe said at halftime in that World Cup turn, uh, that World Cup final, you have to go see it. You'll be convinced that we may be on the verge of seeing a new and improved Kylian Mbappe. I know, we, I know, we're about to see it. Oh, I know. Believe me. So I would think that it wouldn't surprise me if Kylian Mbappe became the next captain. Some might say he's probably still not too young or not ready. I would probably say, you know, if 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 you go, if we're gonna really see a new and improved Kylian Mbappe to be very serious and more humble and be a leader. I think Mbappe would be the captain. Now, aside from him, I, I, I'm not sure. I mean, Rafael Varane, I'm not sure what his future goes moving forward. I would imagine he could be the captain. Uh, some would say maybe Antoine Griezmann. Uh, but again, I'm not sure, but we'll have to wait and see. But it wouldn't surprise me if Kylian Mbappe was named the new captain. But, you know, again, like I said, we'll have to wait and see. But as going back to Hugo Lloris, he has done a great service for the French national team. The French, the French Republic is very grateful for him. We will be forever grateful. All we can say is, Merci beaucoup, Hugo. Merci beaucoup. So before I close it out now, so now that he's done with international duty, I mean, there's been, there's been these reports that the Tottenham Hotspur, 
are actually kind of looking at his successor. Now, I think with Tottenham, I'm not sure how, how much longer his contract goes with the club. I would imagine that I'd imagine that he's basically going to finish out the finish out the contract and then, and then probably re- retire from the sport for good. But you know, especially now now that we know that um now that we know that he, 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 how he said that he wanted to spend time with his family. Now his current contract keeps him at the club until 2024. So you know, of course, you know that recent that recent how he signed he signed a two year contract extension. So. So I imagine that he 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 must have signed this you know recently because if if the contract you know goes until two thousand twenty four yeah, uh, in G- it was actually January of last year he had signed a two year extension to stay with Tottenham. So I wouldn't be so so basically at this point my expectation is he stays with the club and and, and honors the contract unless of course uh, through mutual agreement they they choose to part ways and Igor Lloris retires from the sport uh, retires from the sport as as, as an active competitor. So we'll have to we'll have to wait and see. And you know, in other words, speaking like about how he could basically retire as a player, where would the future go for him? Well, of course, I wouldn't be surprised if he took a, a, a position as a goalkeeper coach, you know, for a club, you know, whether it would be for Nice where he started, or for Lille, or for any other club in the French League. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he was given an honorary role as the goalkeeper for the French national team as well, whether it's permanent or honorary as well. So I know that much like, you know, Gareth Bale, which I did the previous episode on, I know that once Hugo Lloris, you know, retires from the sport overall, there'll be plenty of opportunities out there for him. And quite frankly, I can't wait to see what the future has in store for the guy. So that's all I can say. Ladies and gentlemen, Into the Net FC is available on all streaming platforms, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and YouTube. Thank you all very, very much for joining me today. And I will see y'all next time. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. You just take your shot. It doesn't feel like you're on a diet. What I wasn't expecting it to do was to shut off the food noise. This was life-altering, and if I can do it, I feel like anybody can do it. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.